I'm Izzy, and today's guest is Deanna from Colville. A graduate from YouTube University, Deanna is a Puerto Rican multidisciplinary artist and storyteller and has worked with Nike, Netflix, Crown Royal, and so much more. I'm super, super honored to have her on the show and just like really get to kind of elevate the story to a point where hopefully more people get to check out her work and everything like that. So Deanna, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I also want to thank you for being so flexible. I feel like it's taken <laughs> forever to get this episode together. So I really thank you. You are good. We, uh, we're really, really excited to, to have you on and to, to hear your story and everything like that. I was really excited. I think I came across your website before anything and then saw that you were connected with Jamerson and then I hit Jamerson up and I was like, yo, should I slide into the DMs? Like, what should I do? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I was sliding into the DMs. Should get back to you. So um, appreciate you responding and being down for this episode um, for sure. But of for course. the people that don't know who you are, that don't know the work that you do, where you come from or anything like that, do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah. So as Izzy said, I'm Diana. I'm and my artist name is Koval. I am a Miami native. I um, have been a multidisciplinary artist now for I would say about ten years, um, which means that I dabble in different mediums um, from illustration work. I've done murals, art direction for Netflix. I've done. Um, uh, installations. So anything that encompasses under that term, I like to do everything because uh, I keep it spicy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's who I am in a nutshell. And also, most importantly, I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we go into the different types of work and everything like that, I would love to know the inspiration behind the artist name, if possible. Yeah, of course. Um, so with Koval, I really took time to like kind of check in with self and see like as an artist, what did I want to bring into like to the table, especially that there's just so many artists in this world with different stories. And so I decided to create like this, um, I believe it's called acronym, um, mm -hmm. where it represents four things. So Koval represents craft onward versatility and lifestyle. And I just feel like those four things really encapsulate who I am as an artist. So uh, the actually, the first time I came across your actual work, uh, now that I'm thinking mm -hmm. about it, is at Basel last year. Um, I oh, was really? With, yeah, I was with Christian. Um, oh, that's that's family. <laughs> yeah, that's fam. Uh, so actually, huh, did you yeah. get unknown um, with him one night or no? I did. <laughs> I think we met each other, honestly. Um, did we? Weird. Yeah, I think we did. Wow. Um, that's really weird. Uh, I randomly just thought about that. Yeah, Basel's one of those things that, like, it's a blur for me every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I and I, I feel bad because people will introduce themselves or they'll come up and say hi. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And they're like, we met before. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> So I wouldn't you be surprised if we've met there. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, So Christian was like, yo, you need to check out her work, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he told me to go to Unknown that, that night. And I was like, all right, bet. I slid through and um, 
I never got to actually check out the work, but I checked out a whole bunch of pictures of the work down there. And I was like, yo, I need to have her on. And then finally, I think randomly one day I had forgotten about having you on and then the website popped up. So small world, but so from a artist and Latina standpoint, uh, I love to ask people this question in regard to being creative. Uh, That's something that I feel like a lot of us don't get the luxury to do uh for lack of better terms and um we're always like we're coming from families that have worked their butts off to get to the point that they are and then uh unfortunately the the lack of influences out there of people that look like us or sound like us or anything like that that are doing this and making money and realizing like yo this is a career from for us i think from I would love to hear from your standpoint if you had like a very creative upbringing or was this something that you decided to take a chance on? And ultimately, like, obviously, like you like to say, YouTube University kind of launched your career. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I did not have a really creative upbringing. Mind you, all my all my siblings are artists, Uh, my brother, my sister, um, they both can paint and draw just incredible and so i think that's where the influence came from um but to be quite transparent you know my upbringing wasn't (laughs) this beautiful creative space it was a very um you know a very rough intense upbringing so it wasn't until that i you know was in my 20s where i was able to take more control of my journey and understanding what i wanted to do in this world that I started to pursue art more seriously. Um, you know, prior to that, I was in the fashion industry. Um, so it wasn't until like in my 20s that I was like, you know, I'm gonna take this chance to pursue creativity in whatever form that is. So, you know, in that in the midst of all that, I did a lot of interning. Um, I did a lot of content creation between before content was really a thing. Um, and just kind of like navigating those different fields and understanding, okay, I love to tell stories. Um, but the fashion industry isn't really suiting me anymore. Um, and so when I went on this journey of self-discovery, I understood that art has always been a pillar in my life. I just never saw it clearly until that time. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, it took me a while to get there. I, I think I was like around maybe 22, 23. I was like, oh, maybe I can actually pursue this and it wasn't until maybe i was 25 that i started to um freelance in that space it's crazy because uh the more interviews that i have of people like us i I think that's the age that really people are like you know what screw it i'm gonna try it right and for the longest time like even uh myself or just like other family members for me like for I, i come from an extremely like working class family um that really obviously truly believes like yo you need to put in the hard work to get what you want whether you're working construction whether you're a firefighter whatever it is but i i didn't really have influencers in regard to like oh yeah i my uncle's a radio broadcaster or anything like that so when it came down and when it finally like i hit my 20s and started to widen my network a little bit more, whether it was through internships, like you said, or whether it was through just like networking events or anything like that. I started to find like those other influences that aren't family, but 
ultimately like opened doors to other career paths for me that I didn't even know were a thing. And I feel like that is also definitely a thing for a lot of other guests on the show and other people in general that once they hit their 20s and kind of spread their wings a little bit more, Mm -hmm. they start to realize like maybe that career path wasn't for me, but this way really is. So that's interesting. Yeah. And also like thinking about just, you know, our families, I'm pretty sure once we told our families that like, hey, I'm actually gonna do this, they probably were very skeptical. I know that at the very beginning, when I had told, you know, my dad and my mom, I was like, I'm just gonna become an artist. I I heard a little hesitancy in their voices, because they were like, art doesn't really make money, especially like in our families in our culture, they don't look as artists as this big paying salary type of job they look at it and they're like oh you're gonna be a starving struggling artist for a while good luck have fun (laughs) um so yeah i think we also have to deal with that we have we also have to deal with like spreading our wings and deciding to take this leap but also realizing that our family is going to be a little hesitant to support that just because you know the way they grew up they think that hard work means becoming this dentist or a doctor or lawyer um, just because they didn't have that growing up and they want to, you know, project that onto us. So that's like also carrying that weight as well. Absolutely. That's super interesting. So from that, I would love to hear like when it comes down to creating for you, does that really shine through like your personal experiences or does your art just really, is it influenced by other things that are happening in your life? I feel as if my work at this point has matured from that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very beginning, it was very much that. It was very driven by my my upbringing and my need to make a point. And um, now that I'm where I'm at now, it's more of a place of healing and, and a more of a mm. place of for me to kind of create the safe space for me to be myself, to express what I'm feeling, um, to, you know, problem solve and to understand where I need to go next. Um, So yeah, I think where I am now, that's what my work encapsulates. It's more of like the safe healing space. And I think I say that because of my childhood. Um, A lot of my work now really leans into inner child work and um, really giving my inner child that opportunity to really express herself. Because when I was a kid, I really had to grow up very fast. And so I never had that childhood. So I mm. think a lot now being, you know, 32, I'm like, oh, I'm a kid. And I'm very much so that like, who I am, my friends know that like, it speaks in my work. Um, it's I think a lot of that just comes from my inner child. I think the the question I really, really want to ask you is, from all these different experiences and you've and mediums that you've touched, when it came down to you saying, screw it, I'm going to be an artist, what was that first thing that you said, okay, I'm going to go fully into and dedicate hours on end on YouTube and, and practicing in general? What was that medium that you chose and why? So my first introduction into this space, I would say was illustration. I was seeing work by Hattie Stewart and Steve Carrington, and I was just looking at their work. And I just thought that they were creating these realities that didn't make sense, but it made all the sense to them. 
and I'm sure they were able to see themselves in the world by by creating these visual identities, you know? And I, the more I studied Hattie and the more I studied Steven, I was just like, oh, this is possible. There is a way for me to express myself, to tell my story, um, create this reality where I'm safe in. And so I feel like that was my first kickoff was illustration. And then kind of from there, I was just trying to see, okay, I like illustration, but I also like doing video work and editing. How can I merge those two together? Um, and that's how I got into stop motion. And then from stop motion, I was like, oh, but how can I do stop motion and incorporate this? And then like years later, I'm like this big pot of different mediums because I understand that even though they, in some extent, speak a different language, they do can't, they still can communicate together and create this big body of work. From a, like, if you can go back to that moment where you went into illustration immediately and then started to branch out from there, would you, st like, if you had the chance, would you just stay in one lane or would you continue down the same path that you are? I'm very happy that the path that I went on is the one that I'm on. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes sometimes I think about, oh, I should, you know, there are those moments where I'm like, I should have just stayed an illustration artist because the world right now, I feel like from the world to the brands to the people, they sometimes don't know what box to put me in. Mm. And I have to continue to iterate that you're not supposed to put me in a box. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm very glad I went on this on this path. I am, like I said, I'm very much a child. And so my my attention span, my ability to stay focused in one thing is not it's not concrete. <laughs> so I have to continue to explore, you know, and I feel like art allows you to do that. You continue to explore. You continue to know what you like, what you don't like. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much happy that I uh, stay on this path. When we talk about like giving back. Uh, and just seeing like younger creatives enjoy your work, like what's the biggest thing that stands out to you in regards to when you get feedback from these younger creatives or just young individuals in general to a mural that you're working on or a piece that you've done? What's that that piece or what's a piece of advice or not advice? What's a piece of uh, oh. What's a piece of feedback that you've gotten from a uh, younger creative or anything like that that's really kind of set you in a place where you're like, damn, this is this has all been worth it? You know, I so I have my niece and yeah. she <laughs> she is she's uh I feel like she's my mirror. Her and I are like very <laughs> alike. Um and for the longest time, I never thought that my artwork would speak to a younger generation. I don't know why. It makes total sense that it does. But at some point, I was like, oh, I don't think it's going to ever talk to them in the way that I think it should. And then one day when she came to visit me for spring break, she was like, Titi, I love everything you do. You create such beautiful pieces of work that I've never seen. It's so fun. It's so cool. And it's like to hear Gen Z say that you're cool. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. A, yeah, it's a compliment, man. Like, I was like, I'm cool. She's like, yeah, you're the coolest Titi I've ever had. And I'm like, this is, I'm going to take this to my grave. Like, this is so major. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, just having, just seeing that love, you know, just seeing that acceptance and to see that um, even though the art world isn't really something she's exposed to, but she sees that it's a possibility. I think to me, that was the biggest takeaway that I'm in some kind of ways continuing to open up doors to, to these mindsets that think that these worlds don't exist, but they do. And you can totally make something out of it if you really want to pursue that. Yeah. Very gratifying. So I love asking this question to creatives, uh, kind of puts everything into perspective. So I would love to ask, where are you playing it safe right now? <laughs> you know, to be quite honest, I don't think I'm playing it safe right now. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, Why? I think I'm I, I think I'm really just at the very cusp, like at the very end of this cliff and I'm willing to fall off of it and just see where it takes me. Um, because even though I'm the baby of the family, I do very much so carry this um, first daughter type of energy to my family, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, so right now where I'm at, like, having to ensure that my parents are good and taking care of them um, while adhering to brand deadlines, while taking care of my own things um, and having to show up in different spaces. And um, I feel like right now I'm very much stretched and very much everywhere. And so that doesn't give me the opportunity to play it safe because there's so many things right now that need my attention and need my help that I have to show up to that because it's my responsibility in my family and it's the responsibility I carry in my career um, and my relationships, my friendships. So yeah, I think I'm showing up to all of that and going even a step further to show up in those spaces. And mm. when I really think about the trajectory of my life, I've never played it safe. I've always been the one to really take fear and allow that to push me forward and see what's on the other side of that. So, uh, obviously, the episode's been amazing. If anybody wants to check out your work or ask you a question or anything like that, where can people find you? Where can people check out the work and just stay tuned into your journey? Okay, this is going to sound hella narcissist, but just Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a, I've never gotten that, up, that answer before, so I love that. I mean, because everything, if you if you just Google Koval on the first page, I'm sure it's like my website, my Instagram, any past articles, um, any photos of my work. Um, yeah, I feel like if you just type that in, you're going to get everything that you need. And this is the first time I've ever said that, by the way. I usually <laughs> say, I usually say, oh, check out my website or, you know, check out my Instagram. But to be quite frank, I Googled myself the other day and I was like, Oh, people could just, people just, you know, Google me. <laughs> Goals. That is amazing. I love that. I love that answer. Uh, all right. So what makes you strange on purpose? What makes me strange on purpose? Well, I feel like the way that the world is right now, being Puerto Rican is strange, apparently. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like my, my cultura, you know, my upbringing is strange. I feel like what I, who I am as an artist, as a, as a friend, as a sister, as a daughter, as just a being in this world, um, down to the way that I dress, down to the way that I carry myself. I think that it's all strange on purpose. I think that from the very beginning as a kid, I've always wanted to make sure that whatever I did in life, I wanted to show up as me. 
and meat isn't always very easily digestible for people. Um, like I said, they want to put me in boxes, but they can't. And that's really weird for people to do. Um, so yeah, I feel like just being me is strange, man. And I honor that. And I really, I really am happy and, and grateful that I can be myself in this world and continue to show up in that.